Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave a wish of good luck. Only thing I will Good evening and welcome in to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane here on a Thursday uh, early evening. We uh, adjusted our normal programming time tonight. So uh, for those of you that were able to adjust with us, we sure appreciate you joining us, uh, whether you're on our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or Twitter X live channels. Um, thank you for joining and feel free to throw some thoughts in the chat. We're going to get into Packers 49ers divisional round preview here in this episode, but we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on the team? What are your questions uh, for this week? What are you feeling for this game? And, and are, are you excited as, as we are and ready to go? I can't believe uh, we're only two days away from game day. And um, so, Dane, how you feeling, man? How you feeling with uh, a big opportunity for some more playoff football? Whites couldn't be more excited. Happy Thursday. We were just so darn excited about playoff football that we said, heck, let's just do this early, right? I mean, how good is this? Uh, Packers uh, uh, division round going to San Francisco. Um, I, I get the... Um, I get the feel, right? Uh, I, I understand Packer fans nervous going into this game and, and the history with Packer 49ers. But you know what? Throw all that crap out the window. This is a whole brand new team, right? And the Niners are a great football team. And I, I sincerely mean they're a great football team. But that being said, this is a hot Packer team that I don't think anybody, frankly, wants to face right now. Um, so let's get into it because, dude, I'm pumped. And, and I, I dare everybody to um, bat against the Green Bay Packers because we've seen how that's gone for the last number of weeks. So let, let's get into it, Wags. Injury report. Um, let's let's predict. Let's do the whole thing like we normally do. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dane, I'll, I'll let you lead off on the injury report. It seems like it's not much shorter than it's been most of the season, but it does seem like we're as healthy as we've been in a long time. So um, what? Why don't you uh, start us out and, and kind of what your keys are? I, I think maybe start with Jair Alexander like we have for the last several weeks. We have to start with Jair, and we have to say that, I mean, you and I were talking uh, in our Packer group offline before this, and, and it just after uh, Matt LaFleur alluded to the fact that Ja was ahead uh, of schedule this week compared to last week, but then you also made the point, yeah, but it's a, uh, it's a game earlier, right? So, or a day, excuse me, earlier for the game. But that being said, it's how could that not be promising news, right? Because Jair, um, for all of the, the challenges I think we've all seen this season and, and the back and forth with Jair, when he's out there and he's engaged, he's a massive difference maker. We saw the interception last week early on that was just paramount. Packers got points out of the interception. And the 49ers have so many damn weapons. Uh, that we need to be as full capacity as we can be to beat this team. So, um, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen how, um, you know, if he's truly able to go, but Wags, I'm, I'm nothing but optimistic that he is going to be able to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's not really out on the practice field this week, uh, because of the ankle, but he still suits up Saturday night. So that's my initial impression. Do, do you agree? What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. It's one one last day with it being a shorter week. Um, that said, it seems like most of the coaching staff was pretty surprised that he played last week and that they were able to get him cleared. Uh, and he, you saw that he had an extensive pregame workout uh, in order to prove that he had the ability to get out there and play. Now, he did tweak the ankle, but um, from, as you said, um, from what Coach Barry said in his press conference yesterday, uh, Coach LaFleur wasn't quite as forthcoming. It sounds like Jaws uh, ahead of where he was last week. But is that a, a little bit of gamemanship? Is that actually true? Um, even if he is ahead, uh, they're playing Saturday night as opposed to Sunday afternoon. Uh, so it's really hard to over uh, read into those comments. But uh, you know Jaws is going to do everything he can to get out there and play on Sunday. So um I, I'm going to just choose to be optimistic uh, on what we're hearing and 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 what we're seeing, uh, and um, and hope that he is able to get out there and play because um, we sure could use him. And, and if he has the ability to make another game-changing play uh, like he did on that interception in Dallas, uh, that could make a, a big-time impact in this one. And we'll get into the, more of the breakdown and the scouting report and and some of the reasons why beyond the obvious. So. Um, yeah, Dane, the other guys I want to talk a little bit about, I'm pleasantly surprised Isaiah McDuffie was able yeah. to get out there. And, and I know it's just a walk through the other day, but I, I thought that was going to be a longer term injury, uh, uh, with, with what he, uh, sustained. And he came in to that game in Dallas a little bit dinged up coming off, uh, the, the concussion and the, um, uh, neck injury from a few weeks before that. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I, I'm encouraged that he was able to get out there and practice. I think that's got to be a good sign for his potential availability and not, not a, a small matter considering how many snaps he's been out there. And, and you pointed out sharing responsibilities on snaps. McDuffie's been out there, uh, on early down and, uh, and, and then it was Devondre Campbell out there in, in more of the nickel and passing situations. So clearly, they are seeing something where that seems to be uh, maybe playing to both those guys' strengths. Perhaps since both of them have been a little bit dinged up, it's a way to uh, get the, their best and strongest attributes out there without knowing that that maybe it's not wise to try to get them out there for 60, 70 snaps. Um, so I, I think it's going to be you know, a, a big lift if, if Isaiah McDuffie is able to get out there, not only on the defense, but particularly on special teams where he's just been a monster all season. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. And what did you make, Wags, from yesterday, or from yesterday, from last week, um, with McDuffie and Devondre Campbell kind of intermixing in there? I'm not sure we talked too much about that, but it was, I thought super noticeable that McDuffie was playing early downs and then Campbell's playing those passing downs. And, um, I ask that not only because of the impact last week, but now potentially with McDuffie being able to play this week, right? Um, like, what does that look like? Because it's so critical to stop the San Francisco offense, and there's so many different ways that they can just gut you, that what does it truly mean to have somebody like McDuffie back, even if he's playing second, you know, first, second down, those early down in distances? I mean, is that something we can expect to see, do you think, is more McDuffie in the early downs if he's able to go? It's going to be interesting to see because the 49ers, I will say one thing, they are able to run the ball extremely effectively from three wide receiver sets. And so they're going to be obviously a much different animal in terms of 
their rushing attack than what Dallas was. Um, and oh, by the way, they can still throw the ball very effectively as well. So depending on what type of personnel packages they want to roll out there, um, they're going to try to create mismatches both in the run and pass game. And so McDuffie, if he's out there in those early downs, I think we might see the 49ers try to sub in and rotate some more of those three wide packages. Uh, now that said, um, Kyle Ustick, uh, their fullback is, is utilized, um, uh, on basically about 40% of their plays, probably the most used fullback by far in the league. And so, it, you know, it, it certainly when he's out there, I expect McDuffie to certainly be subbed in if, if Campbell is not. Um, and so, but with the th- three wide receiver sets, then they're going to, that's where we're going to try to create those mismatches where, they might spread out a little bit and suddenly McDuffie's got to be lined up uh, against one, one of those wide receivers potentially. Uh, so the Packers are going to have to be mindful um, and have to be careful uh, based on what they are looking at from reads and, and make sure that they've got the right matchups uh, mm-hmm. in order to not get exploited in some of those personnel packages. So um, all that being said, Dane, I wouldn't be shocked. If if we see more, um, you know, nickel in the base um, and, and potentially even have an extra DB out there, the, the, the challenge, though, is that can hurt you even more in trying to stop the run. So uh, I, I'll be really interested to see how uh, uh, Coach Barry and, and this defensive staff tries to adjust and, uh, you know, play that chess match that the 49ers are going to be trying to do offensively. Dean, it looks like we lost you on the Instagram I'm feed. Seeing that. Yeah, uh, I do we need to shut so. that down or should we uh, try to get you back on there? Let me try one more time. I've been having a little bit of uh, uh, issues lately with my internet, so I apologize for that, Lex. Okay. So for those of you on Instagram and Dane is not on anymore, unfortunately, we're going to have to shut this down on Instagram. But if you want to jump over to our Facebook, uh, Twitter X or Instagram, or I'm sorry, YouTube channels to continue with us, we'd love to have you join us over there. Um, Dane, we're going to give this one more try. It looks yeah. like you might be able to jump back on. Um, so we'll bear with us here with, with some of our, uh, technical difficulties, but um, I, it looks like we got you back. I Dane, think my I Wi-Fi think... is sponsored by San Francisco 49ers, uh, so I apologize. <laughs> I'll give you a second to kind of get your bearings back. On the 49ers side, you know, before I jump over there, I know we've got A.J. Dillon. It looks like he's a DNP, and I'd be very surprised if he's returning this week. But really, that's that's it when it comes to the injuries that, um, as far as we can tell, uh, certainly, uh, we've got everyone's a little bit dinged up, but, um, I don't think there's anything else that really stands out, nope. uh, Dane, that, that, um, surprisingly enough that, uh, we need to be worried about. Obviously, we know, um, that, um, uh, Inigbare had a, a more extensive injury, so he's not going to be in there, but Brandon Cox Jr. is going to get his opportunity, and I'm excited to, to see what he can do. Certainly, uh, feel horrible for Enoch Barre. He's he's been uh, really carving a, a really strong role for himself in 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 that uh, second rotation on the edge. Uh, but uh, Brendan Cox should have fresh legs. He showed a lot in the preseason, and he's been able to get the opportunity to continue to develop. So I'm excited to see what he can do this week. But Dane, on the 49ers side, 
I think the big news here is Eric Armstead. Uh, looks yeah. like he's fully healthy and he's going to be back. Now, this is a 49er defense. We know what they can do in getting after the, uh, you know, um, the quarterback in the pass rush. So Armstead's a big part of that. But I think even more importantly, Armstead is, is their best, uh, you know, stopper in the run game. They've, the 49ers have been okay against the run, but I, I mean, really it's because they've been playing with so many leads. Um, on a yard per carry basis, they're, they're about league average, slightly below league average, but, uh, they're a lot more stout with Eric Armstead out there. And, and I think that's going to be a big key to what they're going to try to do this week. And, and that's slow down Aaron Jones and this Packer rush attack and try to make them one dimensional as good as the Packer offense has been, uh, with Jordan Love and as sharp as he's been. Uh, it's been Aaron Jones, uh, and the running game that's really balanced things, particularly these last four games. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers are able to adjust. And frankly, it's just going to be incumbent on this offensive line to have, you know, as good, if not a better performance as they had last week in, in Dallas. It might not show from a productivity standpoint, but they're going to have to play as good or better uh, in order to keep Jordan Love upright and to, to give Aaron Jones just enough holes to be able to, uh, exploit and get some opportunities in the run game. Spot on. Spot on. Couldn't agree more, man. And, and I'll tell you what, this defense, it's almost unfair how good they are. Um, they, they are stacked at every level. Um, and I don't say that lightly. This, this almost looks like one of those uh, Madden teams where you're able to do like a fantasy draft or something because <laughs> they, their defense, every single level is good in San Francisco. I'm actually pulling up San Francisco's roster right now, but what I can tell you, um, because I know a number of them uh, off the top of my head because of how good they are, Wags. It starts up front and it starts with Bosa. Um, he is an absolutely, uh, he, he's a wrecking ball, right? He's a guy who can just uh, dominate, but but it, 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 does, it starts maybe with Bosa, but it certainly doesn't end there, right? Um, you, you mentioned, of course, Armstead, who is fully healthy, uh, which is a huge boost for them, but it's not fair, man. Across the, across the board, Chase Young, is is a guy who can get after it, and Javon Hargrave is another guy that can do it, and their depth is ridiculous. I mean, they've got a bunch of former early first round pick guys um, that are um, that are also you know they're mixing in for depth. So this is what I would say is a, re- a relentless pass rush, right? Um, so it's it's really really um, it's going to be incumbent, as you mentioned, on this offensive line to be able to do everything. Uh, and anything that they can do to keep Jordan Love upright, um, because holy smokes, man, like they, they do come after it. And, and while it starts up front with their front four or so, well, it doesn't get any easier, right? <laughs> Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are, are two other guys up in the middle of that defense that can just get after it. And it really does, um, limit what offenses can do, right? And, and the defensive backs are, are tied. I think they're, tied for first in the league in interceptions. I mean, this is a defense that is relentless. They like to have four down linemen get after you, play zone defense, and just beat you, right, with that pass rush. So um, with all that in mind, I mean, are there are certain guys that you think the Packers could potentially target? Um, uh, or, you know, or how do you see the Packers at least initially approaching the San Francisco defense uh, in a way that they're able to, you know, have some success this year? Yeah, uh, and, and Dana, unfortunately, your audio is is disconnecting here, and, and I apologize, folks. I really appreciate you joining tonight. We're going to get these uh, items taken care of 
my suggestion is if you'd like to continue with us, I mentioned it a minute ago, I think we're going to uh, uh, discontinue the Instagram live feed here in a minute. But if you want to cut over to our Facebook, YouTube, or uh, our Twitter X channel uh, to join us, we appreciate you following us there. Um, Dane, if you want to just cut off for a second yeah. and um, maybe rejoin the, the StreamYard channel as well. Um, I'll just kind of uh, hold serve here and continue that conversation until you rejoin. All right. Welcome back in to Lombardi's Legends podcast. I'm very sorry for the technical difficulties. We're going to call this part two. Uh, so, Dane, welcome back in here. And, and before we disconnected, and I, I didn't even realize, I was in the middle of my best take of the season and uh, nobody heard it. So I don't know if I'll be able to reprise that or not, but um, if you missed the beginning uh, in terms of the live stream, uh, go back and check out part one. We had about 15 minutes talked. Uh, we got through the injury report, um, started an initial discussion on a scouting report for the 49ers and some of the impact that Eric Armstead's uh, return here will have in, uh, in 49ers defense and their ability to potentially try to slow down Aaron Jones's Packer run game. Uh, so certainly that'll be a big impact and, uh, and trying to make Packers one dimensional, but let's kind of continue some of the discussion. So scouting report, I'm, I'm actually going to cut over the 49ers offense side of football and do the best I can to give the take that no one heard the best take in the world that no one heard uh, about 10 minutes ago. Uh, Dane, I, I think one of the things that is going to be really interesting is the 49ers have uh, several personnel packages, but uh, the two primary ones that they really like, 21 personnel and 13 personnel. So uh, they run the ball extremely effectively uh, in those three wide receiver sets. Um, they also have a, a fullback in Kyle Ustek that is utilized almost 40% of their plays, and probably more than any fullback in the league. So when he's out there, I really expect that we'll have a heavier personnel group. We might even have uh, five down linemen with three linemen and, and two edge rushers uh, that we've seen in the last couple of weeks that uh, we were both calling for. And that's been effective in, in somewhat uh, slowing down the run and then obviously having uh, McDuffie perhaps out there in early downs along with Clay Walker and in passing down situations. Maybe that's um, certainly Devondre Campbell in, in place of McDuffie. But in those 13 personnel packages, Dane, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting chess match. Um, the, the hard thing is, is if you go, if you roll out there and you, you have your, your, your base and typically the Packers most of the season have not gotten out of having, uh, two inside linebackers out there on the field. Unfortunately, that's going to create a lot of mismatches in the pass game, uh, from those per personnel groupings. And it's going to be really difficult because now you've got, uh, potentially, McCaffrey as a pass catcher out of the backfield and you've got three wide receivers. So, uh, that create, that's creates a situation where both of your inside linebackers might be in a complete mismatch situation. So, um, Dane, I, I think in those, that's the tough thing is, is if you bring in an extra DB and let's say you've just got Quay Walker as the only inside linebacker, which we've done in past seasons with mixed results. Uh, now perhaps you match up better in the pass game. Uh, but 
you're really sacrificing a lot of size and, and, and as well as the 49ers run the ball, uh, from that 13 personnel, uh, you're really creating a lot of channels for that inside, uh, running attack that just gouged the Packers, not to create nightmares from the NFC championship game a couple years ago, but that was just basic geometry and the Packers got absolutely demolished. Uh, so, it's what say you what what do you do in that situation is it just going to be a matter of we need to get that extra db out there and they're just going to have to really be stepping up their physicality in the run game and maybe raise their level of physicality and play and just and just hope that we can hold serve in the run game uh in order to create the the mashups that we need uh to defend that personnel package in the passing attack or are you going to gamble and have, uh, you know, an extra inside linebacker out there and risk that the 49ers can just tear us apart in some different pass looks that they're going to have from that personnel package? So, Dane, I asked you, I said what I expect is we'll have that extra DB, but what, what would you do if you were on uh, Coach Barry's defensive staff? Yeah, so I, I, I think you have to go the extra DB. I think you're right. Um, and it's going to be just incumbent upon the defensive line to, to create and, and do what they can do, uh, to allow for, you know, to, to, to basically force that and force the 49ers hand. Because um, I think we've said it every week uh, at one point or another. It's, you know, we, we need to take something away. And if they're going to beat us another way, so be it. Um, I've seen the 49ers gash the Packers on the ground enough times over the last decade uh, that I don't ever need to see that again. And and um, if you're telling me it's going to be Purdy or it's going to be McCaffrey to beat the Packers, let's make it Purdy, okay? Uh, that's where I'm at. And and I know it's easier said than done because McCaffrey I, is arguably or maybe not arguably the best running back in football. He's extremely dynamic, uh, both catching and running the ball between the tackles. He just he does it all. Um, but Wags, it's going to take sure tackling by this uh, this group, by this Packers group, which has gotten better and better, I feel like, over the course of the last month and a half uh, with their group tackling and with their up-tempo approach to defense. But really, it's going to be, we said it last week, I'll say it again, Kenny Clark is going to just be a paramount importance to Bounty Wyatt and, and our old friend TJ Slayton up front, Wags. We need them to be able to be uh, able to hold up against this run game and, and force the 49ers to pass the football. And, and they've been very good on both phases this year. Uh, the receivers are, are talented as well, but all that to say, Wags, they also have five losses, right? So, I mean, they, they're, they're a team that can be beat, uh, as dynamic as they are. They can be beat, but they're a very, very challenging team to face. But I think we have to start up front, uh, with that extra DB and, and go a little bit small and just trust in the defensive line that's coming on strong as of late to stop the run and force the 49ers into some um, you know, third and long distances. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it sounded a little bit like you said, make Brock Purdy beat us. Um, so I was confused if you thought that it might be better to have a, a bigger personnel package. Uh, but, I mean, either way, it is a difficult challenge. And, and if you meant that, you wouldn't be wrong, um, by the way. It just, I, I think it's a difficult situation when you're looking at trying to match up with Chris, you know, McCaffrey as a potential receiver. And then obviously they've got Debo Samuel. Uh, they've got Brandon Ayuk, uh, who's playing at a really high level. And 
Um, they, you know, and, and certainly, um, at tight end, George Kittle is not in his prime, but we've seen what he's been able to do against the Packers over the year. And, and he's as healthy as I think he's been. So in a one game situation, I certainly don't want to give him too many opportunities as well. So, uh, I, I think it sounds like we're on the same page. We, well, we, it, it does. Yeah. And, and, and actually, I want to, I want to clarify. I actually think we should have an extra DB instead of two linebackers because of how dangerous McCaffrey is out of the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what I mean by that. And, and it's, and it, I think it, it, to your point, I mean, it goes back to how talented they are, right? That that's, that's what I mean is I think we are going to have to be able to stop the run with an extra DB because if we have two linebackers, they'll just gash us with McCaffrey, I think, catching the football. So I think you almost have to have that extra DB in there just to take away the passing game and then hope for the best out of stopping McCaffrey with an extra DB. I guess that's yeah, what I, I mean. I agree. You've got your boundary corners uh, against Ayuk uh, and, and Debo, uh, and then you've got your inside slot uh, corners uh, to maybe cover McCaffrey, so to say. Like, they're going to have different motions and rotations that go in there, uh, but the last thing we want is, is it, I, I, listen, uh, I love Quay Walker, love what, what McDuffie has been doing. I think Campbell is, is balling. He's doing what he can, but I think he's slowing down. I think he's lost half a step at this point. That's just not a good mashup for any of those guys. Uh, if they're trying to chase down McCaffrey, if they're trying, if they're getting matched up against one of those receivers, uh, heck, if they have to drop back on coverage and try to figure out how to cover, um, George Kittle, uh, the 49ers have four or five, um, mismatches for our inside linebackers this week. Um, so unfortunately, I think just because of that, uh, the Packers would be wise uh, to be able to get more speed onto the field and at least be able to remove uh, a potential weakest link that the 49ers would be able to attack again and again and again. Now, that being said, that does expose them potentially in some different running looks, uh, but I, I think the Packers are going to have to make some choices, to your point, Dane, and uh, 49ers aren't unbeatable, uh, I agree. But let's see if Brock Purdy can make some mistakes. Um, we talked about how big of an impact turnovers made to the Dallas Cowboys last week. 49ers are uh, sub 500 when they do not force turnovers uh, and uh, and turn the ball over one or more times. Uh, so it's going to be uh, really incumbent on this defense. Maybe it is uh, as sickening as it is to say. Maybe this is a bend but don't break type of week. And situationally, if we can maybe uh, get fortunate up, force a fumble, can we get an interception from Brock Purdy here in the playoffs? Um, I think those are some of the things that could make a, a real difference in the defense accomplishing its mission for this week. Um, the defense is not going to hold the 49ers to uh, 20 or less points. I, I just don't think that's realistic. But can they hold them to maybe 30 or less points? If they're in that like mid 20s range and we force a turnover or two and the offense doesn't turn the ball over, now I really like our chances. Um, so, uh, this is a, a dangerous team, but it's just all going to be come down to, uh, matchups and situational football. And, uh, if we can, uh, force a, a couple of, um, uh, miscues by the 49ers. And, and that's really what I'm looking for from this defense for the Packers this week in this matchup. 
yeah, the turnover battle is is always big, but especially against a good opponent. Uh, you said it, uh, uh, that they're just really, really good offensively um, at, at, you know, protecting the ball. Um, but if we can force those turnovers, is is massive. And um, I, I also, something I've noticed, the teams that have beaten the San Francisco 49ers this season are teams that have been able to get out to an early lead and force the 49ers to play from behind. That is not how this offense is built for the Niners, as good as they've been. Um, I'm looking at the, the, you know, the tail of the tape shows that the Niners get down and it does have to go more into Purdy's hands. It becomes a problem. As good as Purdy's been, that's where he's had his problems, right? That's where he's turned the ball over is when it's a known passing down. The 49ers have some challenges at times. Now, if the Niners are playing from ahead by, you know, one, two or more scores, look out, right? McCaffrey and company, they just have too many weapons. But when they are in a one-dimensional offense, every team struggles with that. But this Niners team, the proof is in the pudding based on the losses that they've had. Get them down, make them chase points. That is our best, best bet. Um, you know, and it's incumbent on the offense to do that. But ranks, turn, get the turnovers. And, and then Purdy, as good as he's been, um, and he has been good against the pass rush, um, that, you know, if, if the ball's in his hands, we're doing better. But we, if it does start up front, stopping McCaffrey, limiting him the best of our ability. Um, and, and Wags, can I ask you on this Packers defense? I do have a question for you. Were you shocked by Joe Barry's defensive calls at all against Dallas? It's like, like he ratcheted up the tempo about tenfold. And so, A, were you shocked in that last week? And B, can we expect more of the same? Or are we going to see good old fashioned passive uh, Joe Barry's? Uh, you know, he's coaching for a job. And as well as he's coached the last couple of weeks, it, uh, A, it makes you wonder where that's been, um, on a more consistent basis. Uh, so, it's it's great and, and frustrating at the same time, uh, but uh, timely. So I'll give him that. And so yeah, uh, we've we've been as hard on Joe Barry as anyone, uh, particularly this season. I think in terms of our frustration with with um, how he schemed up and and called games, but we got to give him his flowers. Uh, the way that he's calling games the last few weeks is I don't know what changed, but if he continues to do that, it's going to be hard to complain. Um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, Dane, but, uh, you know, it, it seems like Coach LaFleur <laughs> is pretty happy with what, uh, Coach Barry's been doing too. So, um, it, it, listen, if the Packers keep winning playoff games against one and two seeds going on the road, winning playoff games, and the defense does what they did last week and the week before and the week before, um, it's, pretty hard to argue that Joe Barry shouldn't keep his job. Uh, this is a results-based business, and um, certainly uh, he deserved a lot of heat. Uh, I'm not going to retract anything I said, personally, uh, for some of the heat that I was giving him uh, throughout this season. But at the same time, uh, as, as loath as I am to say this, he deserves some credit, too. Uh, but, Dane, um, I, you know, one thing I did want to ask about the defense is on the defensive front, we haven't really gotten as much pressure, um, particularly last week. Uh, got some great pressure against the, the 49ers. Got some pretty good pressure against the Bears and Justin Fields. Um, last week, 
as good as the defense was, I, I thought it was a, a lot of mix of coverages and, um, uh, the back end uh, of the defense deserved the lion's share of the credit for, uh, what they were forcing things to do. Not saying the defense front got no pressure on Dak, but just not as much as we had seen in previous weeks. 49ers, certainly Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in the league, but across their front, uh, you know, they've given up some pressures. They've given up some sacks this year. They're not one of the, the best offensive lines in the league. In fact, they're in the lower 10 in terms of number of sacks and pressures. Uh, so is this a week and how big of a difference could it make if that defensive front with four and five man pressures can not only hold up against the running game, but can get some pressures against Brock Purdy in this past game? I mean, all the difference in the world. I mean, so we'll say it, and you said it earlier on Inigbari, we hope he's well. Obviously, it sounds like it's a pretty tough knee injury for him, and he's been really good in his second year. Um, but would this not be like classic Packers 2023 slash 24 if Brenton Cox just blows up this week? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, because they're going to need guys to step up and, and play and get some pressure. Um, but, but you're right. And, and I think it goes back to the challenges the Niners have when they are playing, um, from behind, right? It all marries together. Is if they're playing from behind, uh, more pressure goes on that offensive line. They're not able to, to rock forward before the snap, so to speak, in their, in their stance and, you know, just go downhill. Now they're being a little bit more passive, touching, um, pass rushers. And that's not necessarily this 49er offensive line forte. So it, it could be critically important. If the Packers force Purdy to, to you know, uh, drop back and, and force this offensive line to consistently have to um, pass block for, for Brock Purdy. So that that is completely true. Um, but that being said, Wags, we've seen an up and down in a mixed season from this Packers defense on third and distance, right? We've seen some really, really bad Packers third down uh, defense where they've allowed um, way too many yards and way too many first downs on critically long down in distances. But then we've also seen some really, really good stuff, particularly as of late from this Packers defense where they're able to get off the field. This is the week where there just can't be mistakes. There, there can't be um, miscommunication on the back end. There can't be blown coverages. And, and I know, listen, it ain't fair. But the NFL ain't fair, and this is too good of an opponent. And you know, there's eight teams left in the in the in the league right now, vying for a Super Bowl. The Packers are one of them. So if they want to go to the next round, um, is it fair? No, but they're going to have to play pretty close to flawless defense this week to beat the 49ers. And I'm just I'm being honest. That's just what it is. And it's not that I don't think they can win. And in fact, we give our predictions a little bit. Uh, but they're going to have to be really damn good. They're going to have to be on their A game. Um, against an offense that um, had a bye week last week, and the Packers defense was out there for a ton of snaps, especially late. So how do they bounce back from there? Um, so that that's the other piece. And Wags, I want to ask you um, uh, another question that kind of relates to the pass rush and pass rushing Purdy, but more to Purdy himself. Not only did they have a bye week last week, the 49ers, but he was held out in week 18 as well. So all of a sudden, it's been three weeks since Purdy has played quarterback in the, in the NFL. And, um, you know, I think it's a fair question to ask because us as Packers fans, we've been on the other side of this, right, in, in some years. The Packers have been the front-running team that have had a bye week, and we've questioned, hey, do they play? Do they not play? Who do you hold out? Are they going to be rusty? So if we've asked that of ourselves over the years, I have to ask you and ask that of the 49ers, 
Um, is three weeks off too long for Purdy? And could he potentially, um, the timing be slightly off um, after that that long? I know he's been getting his reps, but um, live game reps are a lot different than practice reps. So does that play in this? Well, we'll find out. Uh, and the Packers are going to want to get off to a fast start uh, regardless. Um, this is a, a game that if the offense can get off to a fast start, much like they did last week, and um, uh, avoid the 49ers uh, matching them or taking a lead early, that's going to be a, a big key in this game. So um, if if they're rusty, yeah, uh, let's take advantage of that. And uh, certainly it, it could be a factor. Uh, we've seen it an awful lot, not just, you know, specific to the 49ers or the Packers, but across the league. And it becomes a big uh, almost a cliched talking point of, well, should have they held them out or shouldn't have they? Uh, you, the answer is depends, uh, <laughs> depends on how they play. So, uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Are they firing on all cylinders in that first or second drive offensively? Uh, or are the Packers able to get off the field, maybe force them to punt or hold them to a field goal uh, in their first two or three drives, uh, versus giving up touchdowns? So, um, We'll see what happens. Uh, one thing I will say, Dane, that is different from some, maybe not completely different because uh, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo in some playoff uh, uh, matchups here too as well, but Brock Purdy doesn't really run the ball. So at least we don't have that dynamic. Uh, not saying that he can't scramble for a, you know, a five yard first down and slide if he really needs to, but that's just not really a big element of his game. He had less than 150 yards rushing all season. Uh, so. Not a guy that's going to try and get out and, and move and, and, and try to pick up chunk yards on the ground. Um, maybe he doesn't really need to, to be fair. Um, but at the same time, it's, um, it's not a, a big element of Brock Purdy's game. Um, so maybe that's something that they can do too is, is with some of their pressures, can they force him to have to move around, even if it's just in the pocket and make some decisions of whether he's going to try to, uh, uh, force uh, the ball, uh, you know, or if he's going to try to talk and run it. Um, and sometimes if he's not comfortable making those mm-hmm. types of decisions, that might be something that could play into the Packers defensive uh, favor as well. Dane, why don't we, uh, shift gears? Uh, let's get into the offensive side. And, um, I really need to, I've been waiting and waiting, but we have some excellent questions that, uh, popped up in the chat as soon as we started part two here. Um, first one is from, husband of Tess Trent, apparently. Uh, it's just a follow-up comment says he's uh, logged into his wife's YouTube, but uh, who will be this week's go-to receiver? Uh, I know we like to mix it up every week, but what matchup do we like? This feels like a big Jaden Reed game. Um, well, husband of Tess Trent, I love that observation. You're going to get no observation from me. I, I'm going to turn this over to you, Dane, in a second, but we've got uh, a follow-up comment from Dean Lipperman in our Facebook chat saying looking for Jaden Reed to have a big day. Um, so, Dane, it doesn't have to be just Jaden Reed, but it seems it does seem like with the dearth of, of talent that we've seen emerge uh, from this pass-catching group and all of them finally being healthy together at the same time, that that does seem to be an element of this Packer game plan and so last week it was Romeo Dobbs, um, you know, previous weeks, uh, you know, obviously Wicks had a big touchdown, not necessarily a volume of throws, 
Um, but uh, previous weeks we've seen Jaden Reed has been the guy. Uh, Christian Watson still hasn't necessarily put his stamp, even though he's played uh, the last couple of games. But Dane, what what say you? What's what is the game plan? What's the key matchup that you're looking at this week uh, in terms of the Packers offensively uh, and in their pass attack? Yeah, I mean the 49ers uh, with that pass rush, um, the teams have tried to get the football out quick. Um, uh, against this 49ers. And, but the challenge, of course, is with those two inside linebackers, particularly Fred Warner there, um, you know, it's hard to kind of hit those um, across the middle, right? It's hard to exploit the middle uh, against uh, against this team. And that's something Jordan Love's done really well, right? Is he's been able to exploit the middle uh, for a lot of teams. Um, so the question becomes, how do the Packers take on uh, a defense where the pass rush is really, really good. They like to play that zone coverage and they like to just beat you up front and you get to the quarterback. Um, what I think Packers are likely going to do is we've seen Packer running backs do a really nice job the last couple of weeks of pass pro. Uh, we've also seen some nice chip blocks from Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave before going out um, into different um, formations and into different plays. But um, all of that's to say, Wags, I'm going to kind of surprise some people. I think because I think the Packers think right now that they can continue to do what they've been doing and beat anybody in the league. I really think that that's what they think they're going to do. I don't think that they're going to try to play, um, you know, three-step drop football. I think that they're going to make the 49ers beat them, uh, and then they can adjust from there. Um, and because of that, and why I say that is I think it's Christian Watson's week. Packers have had a ton of receivers doing a lot of different things. Um this is a week where we're going to need to expect big-time players or guys that are expected to be big-time players make big-time plays. And Jaden and 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 Bo Melton and, and Wicks uh, and Romeo, all those guys have been doing it for the last few weeks. What we've noticed uh, from Christian Watson is sometimes when he comes back from injury, it takes a couple of weeks for this guy, right, to, to kind of like get back in the swing of things. And then all of a sudden, in bunches, Christian Watson explodes. Um, this feels like a week it's going to be about 60 degrees. It's going to be wet out. I think it's going to be raining. Do not be surprised. Jordan Love, uh, a, a, a California kid, comes out slinging the football against the 49ers because I think that is what nobody totally expects. I think the Packers, I think everybody thinks all the Packers are going to want to control the clock. And, and don't get me wrong, that all sounds great. But I think at their best, it's when the Packers attack downfield and they're going to try to um, impose their will of attacking downfield against the 49ers or, or anybody else in the league. Um, so for that, I think Christian Watson is a big-time speed guy, and I think that when they find the 49ers getting into some of that man-to-man coverage, they're going to see if Jordan Love can exploit the man-to-man coverage of the San Francisco 49er DBs and have Christian Watson beat them over the top. So I think Watson is going to be a big week for him. He has the potential for it. Yes, Jaden Reed, the 49ers have been exploited in the slot. How can we ever bet against Jaden Reed? It's impossible. Your boy Jaden Reed's been phenomenal so many games. Um, but I'm going to go outside the box a little bit with Christian Watson. I think that he runs a nice route tree. I think that he can uh, get some wins in the slant. I think that he's going to be able to um, leave some guys um, in, in coverage when he becomes man-to-man. So Christian Watson this week, this would be a huge week for him. Uh, and it could be critically important for this Packers offense for Christian Watson to have a big week because if he doesn't, um, even with the talent all around, Wags is going to be a team effort. Somebody's probably going to blow up. I just, I for some reason, my gut tells me it's Christian. Yeah, and that's interesting. I, I hope so uh, because, honestly, uh, that's what this Packer offense needs is to have a vertical threat in this type of game, and I completely agree with you. Let's dust off 
the game plan that we had against Detroit on Thanksgiving, uh, following week against the Chiefs. And this is going to be, uh, uh, this is, I, I'm not suggesting to limit the opportunities for Aaron Jones, but early on in this game, I think we need to be very aggressive, uh, passing the ball. Um, completely agree with you. Uh, the, the Packers really exploited the intermediate middle of the defense last week against Dallas. Um, well, the 49ers have, um, some guys in the second level that you could argue maybe one of the top two, three groups of, of linebackers with, with Fred Warner, um, and Dre Greenlaw, uh, manning kind of that second level, uh, from the linebacker core. And, and, and surprisingly, our old friend Oren Burks has, uh, carved out a, a really good role, uh, with the 49ers as well. So, um, it, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder sledding, I think. Uh, with that, uh, they've got a, a, a solid uh, cornerback group and DB group uh, on the back end uh, at safety as well. Um, not saying that the Packers aren't going to find opportunities that they or they won't try to attack that part of the defense, but this is not what they uh, were facing with the Cowboys last week uh, with the 49ers. Um, I think certainly Christian Washington could be, play a key element, but honestly, Dane, um, the vertical guy that they used last week was Bo Melton. It was only one, and they didn't really need to go back to it because they were just gashing the Cowboys in every other way. Um, but I think Bo Melton could be uh, another guy to just really keep an eye on, not just vertically, uh, but uh, underneath and, and what he's been able to do. He's been quieter the last couple of weeks, but he had a couple of really big games at the end of the season um, when we really needed it. And I think this could be a week that Bo Melton finds some additional yeah. opportunities as well. We might have to go a little bit farther down uh, in that um, uh, wide receiver depth chart, uh, but ultimately there's really no team in this league that uh, has the depth in the DB room to cover four or five guys, uh, and uh, the 49ers are no exception. Additionally, you talked about the pass rush. One of the things that Packers have been doing really effectively is giving help uh, to their guys. Mm -hmm. As good as their yeah. offensive line's doing, they're chipping on the edge with those pass rushers. And that was what they did so effectively against Micah Parkins last week. And I expect them to do again uh, against Boza, against Chase Young, uh, against all of these 49ers pass rushers on the edge this week. Whether it's uh, a tight end or whether it's Aaron Jones in the backfield, they're going to make sure that those guys are available to chip and to support uh, and slow down that pass rush. They've been very effective in being able to do that, giving Jordan Love uh, just enough time. Certainly the offensive line deserves the lion's share of the credit, but they're getting good support from those guys. And, and that's what they were able to do against the 49ers in their last matchup. Um, certainly uh, it, it was one of those things where uh, you know, we forget. Yash Nyman, first career start. And he's not going to be starting this week. Don't get me wrong. But first career start was against the 49ers at San Francisco. Uh, and uh, we said, Boy, that's going to be a tough matchup. And he got some help, but they were able to devise a game plan to slow down Nick Boza and that 49ers pass rush. Maybe not completely shut him out, but slow him down and uh, uh, limit those uh, opportunities. And I think Packers learned a lot uh, from that. And, and I, I would be pretty surprised if they didn't have a similar type of approach to trying to slow down this 49ers pass rush this week. Do you see more movement uh, at the line of scrimmage? Um, we've seen Jaden Reed. We've seen a lot of motion around the line of scrimmage. Um, 
do you think we're going to see more keys of that? I, I, I'll give Lafleur and company a massive amount of credit. So after that end around game where there was about 10,000 end arounds to Jaden Reed, mm-hmm. um, uh, they, they've really departed for, I think, from a lot of that. We still see some of the looks, but largely they have been going more attacking and less side to side. I think against this 49ers defense, a big mistake we can make is to be going more horizontal. It's just a fast defense. It's not what I'm looking to do. I want to see this Packers team attack upfield. But do you expect to see more motion this week? Do you see a lot of tight end play, a lot of 12 personnel? Like, you know, do you think it's going to be a little bit of everything? Because last week, Wags, I thought was a masterfully called game by Matt LaFleur. He just seemed like he had the, the, uh, the Cowboys on their heels from the start of the game and they never were able to set it. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to have to uh, attack upfield, um, uh, whether that's intermediate or vertical. Uh, the 49ers, you, you can't just have them cover, you know, uh, 15 deep and, and 20 wide. Uh, that's not going to work uh, against this defense. You need them covering 30 deep and, and, and 15 wide or 30 deep and 20 wide. It just, it's a square footage thing. Uh, you need to make them space a little bit more. And that's something the Packers have been doing a brilliant job offensively, um, for, for really the last six, eight, 10 weeks. Uh, so no reason to expect that to change now, Dane. I think that's a great observation. Um, it's, it's really, I think, been a, a matter of trust in, in both Jordan Love and in these young receivers. And then certainly in the last three, four games, as they've gotten healthier and healthier, um, from a pass catching standpoint, that opens up a lot more possibilities as well. So, um, uh, Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave, uh, those guys, uh, could be a, a bigger element of the pass catching game this week as well. Certainly Musgrave, big catch and, and touchdown last week. Um, so, uh, I, I think as they get more uh, healthy, uh, Musgrave particularly, uh, that can expand some of the different things that they're going to try to do from a play calling standpoint uh, to try to keep this 49er defense off balance. Tight ends can be so crucial uh, when you've got a talented pass rush. Um, you can't overuse that short passing game because then the 49ers will just attack downhill and then all of a sudden you're dumping off on those checkdowns and you're only getting one or two yards. That's not really an effective play. Uh, but if they've got a safety valve, uh, and have some green space in front of them. I think Jordan Love is, is making those reads now and can effectively find where he needs to put the football in order to give some opportunities for some yards after catch. Um, so sneaky, I think, um, uh, sneakily, I think, uh, Musgrave and Kraft could maybe get a little bit more volume this week in terms of the number of targets that they're getting. Um, and, and some opportunities to, to pick up some, some nice, uh, chain moving catches as well. Man, I'll tell you what, um, you mentioned, you mentioned that, you mentioned, you know, love. Is, have you seen, what's the last time you've seen a quarterback see the field as well as he has in the last few weeks? It just seems like he's spotting the open guy. And that's, that's really lended itself to this explosion of, of so many different pass catchers. I think the backers have five or more pass catchers that have 90 plus yards in a game. I mean, it's a pretty incredible stat when you think about it. Where, um, and we saw it last week with CD Lamb and Dak Prescott, right? Where I think accustomed to as Packers fans sometimes watching an offense uh, with a quarterback going through a wide receiver. And this, this has been just totally different where Jordan's been able to just attack 
you know, open guy, takes what the defense gives him, and is just completely confident in his ability and the ability of his receivers and, and, and pass catchers to just make plays. So I uh, just want to just want to highlight that because, um, you know, it really is a week to week. It could be any guy's game, right? Yeah. Any one of these guys can pop up. I, I just want to ask you, can you paraphrase what uh, offensive coordinator Adam Stanovich said this week? Because, I mean, that's 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 uh, it's it's interesting. I don't want to get into a past seasons who was yeah. quarterbacking thing but um I, you know i i'd love for you to paraphrase that because it's i think it's worth talking about a little bit and and, and why this offense is hitting another gear so dane I, i'm not sure if you remember but or can i do what he said yeah go but ahead not only do i remember wags it's, it's not quite my uh my my wallpaper uh my phone but it's pretty darn close right now um but stanovich this week um uh, was talking about um this season compared to past seasons and um you talk about how um in past seasons rogers would make tons of checks at the line um, you know, all sorts of things were kind of going on at the uh, at the line, and afterwards, you kind of have to, to. You didn't really know what happened until afterwards, right? You, you'd have to kind of verify and see what happened based on the communication that was happening at the line. Um, whereas Jordan Love, um, they're basically Jordan's running the offense, right? Jordan's making the checks; he's doing what he needs to do, but he's not making any crazy wild audibles or anything along those lines. He's playing within the offense, playing within himself, and we're seeing the the benefit of that. Um, with Jordan Love. Is that fair to say, Wags? I mean, I think that's roughly what we're Yeah, doing. but I mean, it makes so much sense looking back on it now why the Packers <laughs> could have those lulls where they were struggling offensively because there was no cohesion in terms of what adjustments are we making or how can we build off of the plays when you don't know what the quarterback's checks are and what they're calling. Um, it's really hard to be able to bring all of those elements together uh, when you're calling plays. And there's nothing wrong with audibles. Listen, there's multiple options on pretty much every play, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, which direction you're going to run the ball or if it's a pass run look. Uh, and, and so Jordan's making checks and calls. And I know that's not what you were saying, mm-hmm. but, um, but that said, they're within what, what <laughs> the they're offense? doing. Yeah. Yeah. So for now, the offensive coaching staff, even when they maybe have an unsuccessful series, they know what's happening on the field and they can proactively start to make some of those adjustments for that next series. Whereas I think in past seasons, it, it required being able to, you know, get to the sideline, call on the phone or talk, talk to the quarterback, talk to the offensive line. And then by that time, you don't really have a lot of time to be able to figure out what those adjustments are going to be or uh, maybe the communication just wasn't, wasn't that there. great to begin yeah. with. So, um, you know, so I, 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 that's not me trying to kill the, the previous quarterback, but, uh, listen, um, it, it, it clearly, uh, the, the results show that, uh, this makes a difference. And, uh, certainly you've got to get a lot of credit and, and obviously having this young talented wide receiver core develop the way they are and how they're getting open and buying in. Uh, to to what that scheme is makes a heck of a difference as well. So, Dane, uh, any other things that you want to highlight about this uh, 49er defense against the Packer offense? No, I before we get into our Elite Vodka X factors, though, I, I do want to highlight a mentality thing. Um, uh, we saw a couple things come out this week about the wide receivers and, and just their mentality in this offense. And before, you know, we go to war, 
on Saturday night. I think it's important to note now. Um, Jaden Reed, there's a wonderful conversation that was said between Jaden Reed and Aaron Jones that was captured, where Jaden basically is like, you know, you're the reason I'm playing so hard. And he's talking to Aaron Jones, right? And I'm paraphrasing, but basically, like, I block for you, right? I Like, I, I really admire how you play the game. And uh, Bo Melton said something along the line, I, and I can't remember exactly, but he's like, this is just how we do it in the Packers. Uh, we, we block. We block for our guys. We take pride in what we're doing. We take pride in, pride in every part of this game. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind, folks, when we're going into our predictions and going into this week that the 49ers are in early defense, but they've been beat before. And this is a Packer offense that's coming off some major wins and are as talented as we've seen in a number of years in Green Bay. And I think they're going to go out there and um, they take pride in every phase of this game. I think they want to go and prove a lot more people wrong. So I think that that's really how I want to impress upon this 23-23-2024 Packers offense is, yeah, they're youthful. And, yeah, Jordan's been incredible. But these guys, they're not just pass catchers. They're also going to go punch some DBs in the mouth, uh, metaphorically football speaking, and try to you know, crack open some big runs for Aaron Jones in the running game. So um, I'm just I'm so excited because – um, you know, in past seasons, sometimes I've gone, oh, this is going to be a challenge. I'm throwing that language out. It's an opportunity. Everything is an opportunity for this team. And this is an opportunity for these guys to shut up another round of haters and, and go on and, 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 and win a division game again, or a division round game against an incredibly talented team. Yeah, I love that. Dan, why don't we get into our Leap Vodka X Factors and score predictions for this week's game? And um, I'm going to just lead off. Uh, yeah. on this one so that you can't steal my guy. Uh I don't think you would anyway, but not this week. Not this week. Uh offensively, I'm just gonna go with Luke Musgrave. Um got the big touchdown last week. And I I, I meant what I said earlier. I think he has some opportunity and I'm not talking eight to ten catches or targets, but I think he could have a little bit more volume this week as as a guy that we can get the ball to and uh pick up five, ten yards at a crack and make some big chain-moving catches. And uh, I think he's going to get a, a little bit uh, of a larger share uh, of this offensive game plan this week. Um, certainly they wanted to limit his snaps in his first week back a couple weeks ago. Um, he got a little bit more last week. And I think he's someone that could pose some ma- mismatch uh, opportunities against this 49ers defense as, as fast and talented as they are. Uh, Luke Musgrave, is someone that can give some different looks. He's just a different type of tight end and a different type of player. And uh, I think you need to have all hands on deck in terms of the blue chip type players. I don't think Luke is there yet in terms of production, uh, but in terms of talent, he has that potential. And so let's see if he can rise to the occasion this week. I think he will. And I think he's going to get uh, a few extra targets and, and could make some key plays uh, to, to move the sticks this week and 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 come up with some big catches. It's great, tremendous, tremendous. Oh, it's the G way. Um, uh, Tess Grant's husband says in the chat. I think that's what Bo, Bo Melton. Wags, I love that selection. Uh, Luke Musgrave. I'm um, talking about a tough guy, right? Coming back from the lacerated kidney. I think it's a, a great, great choice because he's the kind of guy. He's moving the chains for this Packers team, especially in the second half. Um, things are going right, right? So that's a, just a great, great choice for your lead blood the offensive. Um, X factor. I'm going to go. It's going to be a wet game. It's going to be, you know, 50 something degrees San Francisco weather. Um, we've got a guy on this team who's, um, the engine. He's the leader of this team. And he's a guy who 
has had some huge games, but he's also had some trouble in in uh, some playoff games. And um, last week was awesome. He's going to build on it this week, and that's Aaron Jones. I'm going to go with a star uh, of our team um, this week for leapfrog offensive X factor because we talk about being aggressive, we, and and all of that's so important. Passing the ball so important. Um, but Wags, this 49ers uh, defense when they've been losing games this year. The opposing offense has been putting up 100 plus rushing yards on them. Uh, it's critically important based on past precedent, uh, of this 49er team to run the football. It's going to be Aaron Jones. Um, I want Aaron Jones to run all over the Niners. He played so well last week. Ball control. Um, do it. Just do it, Aaron, right? We have all the sport in the world. He's our leader. Lead us through this one. So Aaron Jones can be my lead vodka. X factor in the pass game, the run game, pass block game. Um, put the ball in that man's hands and let him run. Yeah, I think that's a great selection. And if Aaron Jones has a big week, what a difference that will make. So mm-hmm. definition of X factor when you look at it from that perspective. Dane, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I'm going to go with Kenny Clark. And I'll tell you what, if Kenny can find some opportunities to disrupt this uh, um, 49er offense, both in the run and pass game, it's sky's the limit in terms of, of what we're able to accomplish. Uh, 49ers are still going to put up some points, but realistically, if Kenny Clark up the middle can come up with a opportune and monster game, and listen, he plays at a high level uh, pretty much every week, but we know there's weeks when he just kind of gets a little bit more push, um, getting more pressure, maybe getting a sack, maybe getting some tackles in the backfield. And, um, so he can be a key disruptor, uh, in, in terms of the timing and rhythm of what the 49ers are trying to do offensively. And I think that could pose some real challenges, uh, for Brock Purdy if he's able to do that. That could be one of the reasons why the Packers are able to force a turnover or two this week. Um, whether he's the one that actually gets the sack or actually forces the fumble. If he gets Brock Purdy off of his spot in a hurry, uh, Kenny Clark could be, uh, a big part of the defense doing their part to, to try to do enough for this Packers to come away with a win. And for that reason, I've got Kenny Clark as my defensive X factor this week. Great, great, great choice, man. Um, this, this team, right? We need to stop it all. And it, it all starts up front with Kenny. So love it. Your elite vodka defensive X factor. Um, Wags, I went with Aaron Jones on the offensive side. Don't normally go with the big stars, right? Uh, for our leap, uh, you went with Kenny, who's definitely a premier player for the defense. I'm going to stay with the stars as well on defense. It's Rashawn Gary. Um, this is a week for, uh, Rashawn Gary to be our leap vodka X factor. Um, the late great Kevin Green, um, in the Super Bowl, uh, told Clay Matthews right before he forced a fumble in a critical moment, it is time. And Clay went and took care of business. Last week, Wags, Rashawn uh, approached Jordan Love on the field, said it is time, and I, I believe this is a week for Rashawn Gill. Okay, he's had it's been a quiet couple weeks from a stat perspective. Uh, he's been good, but he doesn't have those sack stats. This is a week where the 49ers, if we are going to beat them, it's because we're sacking the quarterback, we're making him uncomfortable. It's because we get turnovers. It's because we're stopping them on down and distance. And we need to play a flawless game or close to a flawless game. And we need our stars to show up. We've seen Reggie White show up uh, in critical moments. We've seen Clay Matthews show up in critical moments. 
Rashawn Gary is this team's version of Reggie White, this team's version of Clay Matthews. It's Rashawn Gary. He's the leader of this defense, Wags, as far as I'm concerned. This is the week. Rashawn Gary is my lead block tax factor because it is time for Rashawn Gary to just destroy an opposing offense. And this is the week in the division round to just completely throw everything against the wall. Rashawn Gary, go after Purdy. Get those sacks. Get those pressures. Force those turnovers. Win this damn football game. Rashawn Gary, my lead block tax factor. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, divisional round game on the road. Uh, in the playoffs, number one seed, uh, is at home. You need your best players. You need your blue chippers yes. to rise to the occasion. They've got plenty of blue chippers. We've got some as well. Who plays better? Who executes better? Who rises to the occasion? And, um, so I, I love, all, I love those picks. I love all our picks, frankly, Dane. Yeah, so, good. um, score predictions. Do we have some score predictions in the chat? I don't see any, but go ahead and throw some score predictions in the chat. Uh, as we get that queued up here for this game, Dane, would you like to lead off? I let up on the X factors. Would sure. you like to lead off this week on the score prediction? I will, Wags. Um, we, you, you, you touched upon this at the top of the pod about, you know, what's kind of that number, right? What, what does it take for this Packers uh, team? Um, I think this is going to be, it ain't going to be like last week. All right. It ain't going to be, it ain't going to be that. It's going to be a game. It's going to be an absolute battle. Uh, Shadid in our chat dropped 35 28. Packers win. I love it. Thank you, Shadid. Wayne's dropping 48 again for the Packers. 34 wow. for the Niners. I love it, Wayne. Um, I hope it's, it, it's, it's that much of a, of a distance, but I think it's going to be very close. Um, and big moments, uh, big players show up in big moments, legs. And I think that this is a game where it's going to be close all game. I, and I think there might be a bit of a swing here and there, but um, you're, you're not going to want to get up and go to the bathroom, folks, during this game, right? You're going to want to watch every play. I think there's going to be turnovers on both sides. I think it's just going to be a battle. It's a slog. This is the game for that. Wags, I think Jordan Love's going to have the ball in his hands late in the game. I think Packers are down. And I think Jordan Love's going to get him in field goal range. I think Anderson Carlson's Anders Carlson is going to... Field goal is going to win this game for the Packers. Uh, I think Packers went thirty to twenty nine. Uh, I don't know how that number gets to that number, but it's thirty to twenty nine. Anders Carlson drills it uh, in, in the time that we need him most, and Jordan Love and this this upstart Green Bay Packers offense and defense take care of business. And we're flying wherever the hell we're flying next, but who cares? Because the Packers are, are are one game away from the Super Bowl, but it starts Saturday night. You're not going to believe this, Dane, but I also. As I was thinking about the script and the narrative of how I was going to do my score prediction, decided that Anders Carlson is going to redeem himself Come in on! your eyes and in Packers. Uh, slightly different score. I've got the Packers 34-31. It's going to be a tie game. So it's not going to be a, a, a kick that he needs to make in order for us to not lose, but tie game 31 all, uh, and, uh, he goes down and, and we get a key kick. I think 49ers will get the ball back. It's not going to be as time expires. Um, it's going to be a nail biter, uh, for about the last 50 to 60 seconds. Uh, but we close out the win. Uh, I think Rashawn Gary comes up with, with your X factor sack on that final drive. And that's the difference. Packers hold on 34 31. Love the predictions in the chat. We've got Packers. Uh, I think we're right around. We're all right around that same. 
golden number that you mentioned, Dane, for how many points we need to put up and what the defense needs to do to do just enough uh, to slow down this 49ers offense. Uh, and uh, I think if we get the 49ers right around that 28 to 31 point range, uh, I'll tell you what, the way that this Packers offense is playing and as good as this 49ers defense is, I, I like our chances. Um, I think we're going to be right in the game. Does it mean that we we do enough to get enough? Um, I don't know, but I'm very confident. I'm very optimistic. Not going to pick against the Packers. This young team right now got a lot of love for what we've got going out there on, on the field. And uh, certainly, I'm going to ride with them to the end. So um, let's go, Dane. Let's go. Let's see how we can do uh, out west this time around. This is a different group, different regime, different player. Um, so let's see if they can put their stamp on it and continue this magical run that they've been on. Yes, sir. A test, a Trent or test Trent's husband, maybe we should say 28-27 pack. Uh, close one all day long. Uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, Wags. I mean, this is what it's about, man. This is what it's about. And, and, you know, if, if you told us before the season started, uh, we were optimistic. Where you can go back and listen to early on in the year, we said we think this team can make playoffs. We said it before the season started, um, and they they went ahead and they they defied a lot of um, expectations. I think from everybody and ourselves included with how good they played down the stretch. Um, but Wags, they're in it. They're in the dance, right? And they've already won one. So don't tell me they can't do it. This is a, a team um, that has maybe that right mix of of, of youthful um, confidence. I'll put it that way. There's a youthful confidence with this team that understands the stakes, but aren't bogged down by the expectations. And that is a beautiful mixture that this team has right now. Matt LaFleur is leading this team largely um, uh, on the back of, of Jordan Love and this offense and this defense and these critical moments. So, Wags, this is what it's about. And, and, and folks, it's just, this is the best. This is, the, this is what it's about. Do not take this for granted. The Packers are two games away from going to the Super Bowl. They've got to take business against the 49ers and Senators. I love it. All right. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for bearing with us through some of the technical difficulties early on tonight. Thanks for adjusting to the time change, the program change that we had. Uh, love all of you for joining us. As always, be legendary and go Pack. Go Pack, go! Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will.